Welcome to the third episode of Precise Target's Thought Leadership Series, The Retail Record. In this episode, our very own CEO, Rob McGovern, sat down with Cynthia Ginelli, President of Global Strategy at Zeta Global, to discuss expected trends in retail for the 2020 holiday season. Enjoy. I'm Rob McGovern. I'm the founder and CEO of Precise Target. I'm Cynthia Ginelli. I am the Group Vice President of Strategy at Zeta Global. Cynthia, I would like to welcome you to the Retail Record Fireside Chat. Um, <clears throat> we are honored to have you with us. Um, you're one of the notorious innovators in digital marketing. Maybe that's your code name, Notorious Cynthia. Uh, <clears throat> and um, we're really excited that you're with us. And um, we, um, you know, we're living in a disrupted world. Um, and, but we should remember that disruption creates opportunity. <clears throat> um, in the last recession, Trade Desk was founded, Instagram was founded, Snap was founded, Pinterest was founded, LiveRamp kind of got together. And, um, and that all happened in the middle of the worst recession since the Great Depression. And, and we should remember that in the um, um, dot-com recession, in the 2001 era, that's really when Google emerged, right? And so dis disruption creates opportunity. Now, we are fans of Zeta. We've been watching your company, and we think you're doing some really cool things. And, um, and could be one of those companies positioned to leapfrog out of this recession and, and benefit from it. And we thought, well, what better way of figuring that out than to invite the head of strategy uh, to come talk to us. So that's why you're here. Thanks, Rob. Um, lovely intro. Um, and 100% agree that with Zeta right now, I've, um, you know, there's an opportunity to really take this rapid acceleration to digital and use that as a growth opportunity for us uh, as an organization in terms of how marketers use data. I've been at, at, at Zeta for about five years. Uh, I currently had the enterprise strategy team and before that some go-to-market business development roles there and uh, proceeding at Axiom and other big agencies like Digitas and McCann for more years than I want to admit. Um, but from an insights, like customer insights perspective, I've always taken the lens of data and technology first um, with the end consumer in mind. So how do we create those proactive personalized experience that delight customers but also drive bottom line growth? Well, so, so let's start with um, if you could give us some background of your experience at, at Zeta and, and in, the ins, in the business of providing insights to customers. Sure. So I think, you know, taking a step back, let's just give a little bit of um, groundwork of what Zeta Global was founded on. So back in 2007, uh, David A. Steinberg and John Scully, who is the former Apple and also the PepsiCo CEO, they had a vision that there was an opportunity in the market to bring how data was going to change uh, the way marketers engage with consumers. And, you know, that specifically over the you know, course of 12 years, 
Um, data has doubled down in terms of acquiring proprietary deterministic data, um, acquiring uh, AI and machine learning to really optimize experiences and workflow, and then also uh, acquiring uh, bits of uh, a tech stack from an ESP to a DSP to a CDM, all of that to really organically get into an omni-channel activation. Um, and, you know, over those years, we've really been recognized as the, you know, leader in how we're converging um, marketing technology and ad tech technology uh, to be more of a uh, deterministic uh, leader. We'll stop. So. And, and when was the company founded and how does technology and AI fit into the values of the company? Are you guys a tech company or are you a marketing company? Like, who are you? Yeah, so it was founded in 2007. And first and foremost, we are a tech company. Um, we have a data and AI that are core to the platform, um, but we stand as a you know, uh, platform as a service solution for enterprise agencies and publishers. Got it. And now you and I are both, we spend our lives living and breathing in re, uh, retail. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what's going to be different in Q4. How's the gifting world going to change? And, you know, what do you think the trends are is, is from your lens? What do you see happening over the next three, four, five months of the year? Yeah, um, I mean, it's drastically different. We've got a new playbook uh, as we go into the fall. Uh, there's significant shortfalls uh, and significant competition. Um, so, you know, looking at some of the numbers, let's say holiday season year over year for the last 20 years has grown 3.25%. Um, in 2008, when there was a recession, it dropped, what was it, 4.7%. So, now we know we're in a recession. Um, we know that there's limitations or per, you know, uh, hesitations in terms of brick and mortar visitation. So it's also folks are purchasing necessities uh, and replacing those kind of discretionary purchases. Uh, so long and short, you know, it's a whole new ball game. And I think retailers are gonna have to look at data um, to understand how to connect to this new shopper. Uh, this new shopper has different types of priorities, i.e., you know, we're not going to line up in a big old line in the parking lot on Black Friday, um, and we're not going to be lined up in the malls uh, to get those, you know, big deals. We're going to discover things online. Uh, we're going to buy online. We're going to look at safer ways to uh, shop, be that, you know, maybe I want to research the product more before I make an appointment to go in store and then I, at that point, want to make a contactless payment. Um, and then in terms of gifting, uh, and I think partly because of shipping realities, um, I think we're going to be much more thoughtful and authentic in our way of gifting. Uh, thoughtful because we've got to think way in advance. Uh, there's some trends. Uh, of people moving all of their you know black friday sales up into october right mm -hmm. so that's a way to kind of placate the shipping realities to say let's ensure that you get your gift to your friends or family on time 
So you got to think of way in advance. And so those things like gift cards or the you know new red sweater or gray sweater, it's just not going to cut it. Um, it won't do anymore. It's got to be you know much more thoughtful led over convenience. Um, you know, I was reading this article and I was pleasantly surprised because uh, you see there has been a decline, you know, 9% decline in jewelry and um, luxury goods. But, you know, maybe we'll all get a diamond or something um, because those, those gifts that are enduring, uh, gifts that are, you know, speaking a little bit more to um, the self-esteem part of uh, coming out of, you know, um, Corona uh, virus and, and, you know, the lockdown, you know, I think fewer things will and better things in terms of gifts will prevail. Yeah, I just think it's as an aside. I mean, so the wild card to me is discretionary spend capacity is at its all time high. People have money because they're not buying gas, they're not traveling, they're not going to restaurants and and how they spend that money is our job for everybody to figure that out and help retailers. So now um, for brands specifically, um, you know, they have to um, create a new and different experience in this environment and insights data and insights information is valuable. What, what advice do you have for them and what should they be doing differently? So standout retail experiences before, you know, I, I think I referenced this um, before, you know, vans with their skate park, you know, having that retail experience that you wanted to be part of that was self-reflective, that's just moved more into kind of brand positioning rather than the retail experience. Um, but people are still going to go into stores um, and compared to, you know, the you know, off the charts decline in foot traffic, uh, we do, our data does predict because uh, we have um, geo-environmental uh, signals in our data cloud, we do predict that there's going to be a 20% surge in foot traffic. Um, and then the standout experiences really have to prioritize customer experience to drive loyalty because we're in this a bit of a cancel culture. And so if the customers that brands have cultivated during the, the pandemic, you know, if they're gonna come into stores, their expectations are higher than before. Um, and we really need to keep those customers um, given, you know, lack of marketers ability to really go and acquire folks during the holiday. Uh, so it really comes down to, if you're gonna have a standout experience, what is the value that you are giving um, as you know a customer gives up? So if I'm coming into the store and I'm perhaps a little bit hesitant uh, because safety concerns or crowds, you know, how am I going to feel good about the experience? And it's not always going to be about price and convenience because Amazon can trump them. So it's got to be about you know positive. You know, yes, save money, um, but function, um, elimination of friction, uh, positive sensory experiences. You know, some brands are just making sure that they up their coffee game in in uh, you know uh, car rentals. Just that it is a positive um, experience, and that it's you know symbolic in terms of 
uh, how they choose to participate with that brand, given um, kind of the por uh, polarizing um, conversations in the market these days. And so you're, I always think of your company as really at the front lines of providing data, insights, and advice to brands. Um, and now you're going into a, a completely different um, um, retail and you know, brand selling experience. So what are you doing different? And what are the questions from the customers? You know, if your phone's ringing, what are they asking? <clears throat> yeah, so they're asking for ways to update their models. Uh, because we've changed so rapidly, their old legacy models, you know, like likelihood to buy again, you know, likelihood to buy in a different uh, category, those um, need to be refreshed. So they're looking to us for what are those new types of data signals that can, you know, be additive to historical models. So, you know, a lot of um, folks are looking to us to understand DMA or like very household specific uh, variations. So that's not just, you know, what people do on the West Coast is very different from the East Coast. I had to bring that up because you called me notorious, but, <laughs> um, but it's also, they're asking for a focus on householding. Um, and specifically in terms of Zeta's role, that's helpful because we have a deterministic point of view in terms of the landscape. Uh, and so I think we all know that, you know, the, the preferences and uh, behaviors of your neighbor is, um, drastically different, could be drastically different um, because of their household compo uh, composition. Maybe they have someone at risk in their household, uh, their safety concerns. So our clients are really looking to say, well, what are those new addressable sources that can secure new kind of stated preferences? Um, and how can I target and personalize um, in more real time to uh, accordingly? So um, that um, for many of the brands that you are your clients, their primary business is in-store. And they may be single-digit e-commerce, and they're making this big pivot now to e-commerce, which is in some ways still foreign turf for them. And what used to be the unit uni or the omni-channel is now the uni-channel. They have one channel, is e-commerce. And if you were giving advice to a client that really has them, it's make it or break it online in Q4. What are some of the advice elements you're giving them? Sure, so it's really understanding um, their inventory because you know I think there was a lot more flexibility in terms of what you promote as a brand. Um, you, what we don't want is there to be inconsistency and in fulfillment. So I ordered something, it's backlogged and I don't get it. So having a real understanding of inventory tied to your product recommendations that come to life on site, um, having things like um, alerts and triggers um, to be more real time because you know if something's back in stock or if something has recently had a price drop or um, those types of um, carrots to get people back to the site are really important. You know we could mid-market enterprise level or even startup you know just getting a solid e-com solution um you know be it a shopify account or 
you know, being able to really understand um, on a CDM level how do transactions connect with customers, um, how those um, like web behaviors can complete a view of a customer. I think that's very important as we go away from physical um, connections with customers. It's really how are you paying attention to motivators, transactions, and then really, you know, being more proactive uh, in terms of delivering what customers want and, and serving them um, digitally. And so how can brands use insight data to do things they really care about, which is making you a more low customer and increasing your basket sizes? Like what, what kinds of things can they do? Yeah, so it's kind of a, a, a straight recommendation out of the box recommendation that we say, especially going into holiday, like, do we have price sensitivity modeling in place? Um, I think a lot of brands lately are trying to find a way to compete outside of promotion uh, because it is so flooded, uh, because there's, you know, people are wanting to offset inventory or it's just crowded. So how do we offset promotion? How do you know who to provide the incentive to and who not to? Um, I think the lines of um, price elasticity is really going to change since, you know, maybe now because I haven't been traveling uh, and taking those, you know, family trips. Now I'm able to go and buy into a different, um, you know, uh, merchant group or vice versa. Say I recently have uh, become an unemployed. How do I then like look at either the pr best promotional value? Uh, amongst other brands, right? Uh, so price sensitivity. Uh, another trick that we're really recommending is wish coaching wish list behavior. Uh, and that's a nice way where we can get stated preferences outside of transactional history. So a lot of our customers have new customers uh, because of COVID. Younger customers, maybe digitally um, immature customers that are just trying to figure things out. So how do we, you know, get folks to authenticate with, you know, setting up wish lists, you know, keeping things in cart, allowing them to kind of make those decisions over time and then bringing them back. I think that's really helpful in terms of data perspective and understanding customers. And then last bit would be getting some core identity resolution in place uh, because, you know, abandoned browse and abandoned cart um, activities uh, in terms of e-com are make or break. And so if you can, you know, there's significant revenue that comes from that in fourth quarter. So if you can add um, authentication and just increase, you know, say you could authenticate a, a cookie to an individual only by 30%. Um, if they're an opted in customer, you know, just little percentage increases in getting those abandoned browse and abandoned cart um, emails out or tactics out um, that can have a significant impact to retailers' bottom line. Right. Now, you mentioned wish lists. And for me personally, I think of Amazon as being one of the pioneers in it. And, but, uh, you know, um, the, there's this balance of people looking at them as a potential salvation or the potential death of their companies. I mean, where do you come out on it? Is, is Amazon, should Amazon be part of a brand strategy or not? 
I've seen a lot of our brands pull away from Amazon. Uh, you know, they're great. They're big. They're innovative. They're consolidating and they're creating fantastic recurring revenue solutions. But from a brand level, I wouldn't trust them. There's too many examples of, let's say, you know, startups that um, have brought a product to Amazon, they get great exposure, but then surprise, surprise, there's a private label or um, copycat product being manufactured um, overseas that uh, has taken away kind of the trust in Amazon. Uh, I don't necessarily know, you know, Walmart p puts out, you know, that they have a relationship with Shop Shopify. Uh, that's a, a new partnership to give additional scale to kind of those small or medium-sized businesses so they can um, transact and have visibility to a larger marketplace. You know, they could be just like Amazon, but what they're trying to position us as we, you know, move into this quarter is that they're more all-American, that they're, you know, supporting um, local businesses, that they're, you know, uh, making it more accessible for these brands to compete digitally. Uh, time will tell, uh, but I think there is a growing resurgence to kind of take data back um, to the hands of the the brands and the marketers and kind of support the little guys because uh because of trust yeah I, I would agree with that i think we've counted over 200 knockoff apparel brands created by amazon in two years hmm. right and um a lot of the products that people are are wearing and buying they don't realize is actually a house brand mm -hmm. and um and that's I think that's their long game, um, and which is very risky for the brands. Um, and um, all right, so let's as a final question, uh, and you know, this is really in the spirit of optimism. Is what do you think that uh, which categories are going to do the best, right? And so, if we look at this year, what what are the highlights going to be? Highlights, um, you know. I've been struggling with this because our data cloud is saying electronics and cell phones, even though there's a new iPhone release coming up, um, there's been a 55% decrease. Um, and so, but when you think of kind of the pent up demand for live sports and you think about um, gaming and virtual reality, I see there be a significant surge in you know gaming, uh, electronic uh, accessories for music. I'm on the fence about the big screen TVs uh, because I've, there's not really group viewings. You know, there's not going to be the big Super Bowl get together. Presumably, um, maybe there will, and I hope there will. Uh, but I feel like it's more about. Wi-Fi, streaming capabilities, gadgets, gaming, interaction so that those social connections, um, be it digital, still happen um, and that we're still kind of uh, participating as a community um, surrounding whatever temple events are available, uh, but just in a digital fashion. So I, I'm all for electronics and sales, um, cell phones. You know, I think health uh, equipment is still um, Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw some recent trends uh, where 
usually it's always January. Everyone's like, okay, let's get fit, right? But the there's a September surge where I think it's just people are now back into routine if their kids are doing a hybrid program or remote learning, that this routine of, okay, well, what is my what is my you know forecast going to be? What is my daily routine going to be? And how can you make those uh, the best possible for you? And I, you know, health and, and fitness and streaming all kind of double into, um, I think, great growth categories for fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. The two I would add is we've been really impressed with the growth in hobby spending. Like Mike Goals is having an all-time puzzles. Yeah. yeah. And and um, and home improvement, like the Home Depot, Lowe's, wow, they're having knockout quarters. And yeah, um, I, it's a bit passe, right? Home Depot uh, was a big uh, push because everyone was locked in place. We're not as locked in place, but I have to tell you, the Container Store, Home Depot, Lowe's, of making those. Uh, big projects more accessible to um, individuals without having the contractor. Uh, you know, I think people are getting scrappy and they're willing to roll up their their sleeves and um, dig into just overall improvement and have a better kind of positive outlook to how we uh, go forward in the recession and uh, into the winter. Yeah, you know, the pandemic closed my my local gym down and I sort of refashioned my basement into one. It's the fanciest basement you'll ever go in now because I have too much time down there and I keep going to Home Depot and, and you know, outfitting this, you know, designer basement. Yeah, you don't want to see my sweater drawer. It's very uh, OCD at this point. Is that right? <laughs> well, you know, all these insights were fantastic and they're really valuable. And I want to thank you for your time. And um, I also want to wish you a great um, remainder of the year. You know, these are disruptive times, but I think it's going to be a good time for Zeta, and I wish you guys the best. Thank you, Rob. Really happy to share the, the screens with you today. <laughs> right. Have a good one.